This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes, as well as some of the challenges they faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Tuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. You're on your way home to Mildura from Melbourne. On your way, you see this signage of a furniture company which says that they deliver to anywhere in Australia for $59. You didn't think deeply about it until you're at Macedon, and you see the sign again. Billboards, standing tall against the backdrop of rolling hills or nestled within the embrace of rural communities, serve as more than just advertising mediums. They become landmarks, conversation starters, and community identifiers. In the ever-evolving landscape of marketing, where digital platforms and social media dominate the conversation, there's a timeless giant that continues to stand tall, outdoor advertising. In this episode of The Bottom Line, we have James Corse, co-founder and CEO of Gawk Outdoor, an independent outdoor advertising business producing billboards across regional Victoria. James takes us through the journey of how he and his brother Luke started Gawk Outdoor, from its early days to making a positive impact on local communities. James highlights the unique advantages outdoor advertising offers and why the traditional format of marketing through billboards is here to stay. You'll learn the intricacies of outdoor advertising, from the initial application process to negotiations with local council, and ultimately securing a space for the billboard. You'll gain insights into the opportunities that outdoor advertising presents for small to medium-sized businesses, and you'll hear James share his valuable advice to business owners contemplating the leap from a full-time job to fully investing in their entrepreneurial endeavours. Let's dive in. James, thank you so much for joining me on The Bottom Line today. No worries. Thanks for having me. For those that don't know you, can you please tell us a little about yourself? I'm a director of Gawk Outdoor, which is a regionally focused outdoor advertising company. Pretty unique for a 29-year-old to be hitting my straps in a traditional media format, but it's the road that we've gone down with my brother and we started in 2018. So yeah, it's just nearly six years into the journey of our business. What got you into it? What was the inspiration for... Gawk Outdoor, did you stumble across it or was that something you strategically went for? Stumble across it, I think, is probably a great way of describing how we became the business. So basically, my brother had a few insights into the industry. He actually worked for a private equity firm that went around buying ground leases for billboards, amongst other things, so Telco and a few other assets. So he knew some of the similar operators in other states of Australia. And then I came from an architecture and town planning background. So not the path most well-trodden that I, I took in my career, but he kind of called me up one day, looked at the stats and saw that just the quantity of billboards in both New South Wales and Queensland, and just saw that 
regional Victoria just had been so underdeveloped and all those other markets were so strong and saw that as the opportunity, knowing some of the basic economics from those other companies in other states and said, hey, you know how to get these things approved. I know the leasing side, let's bang our heads together and do it as a side hustle, I'll call it. And yeah, we both had full-time roles and just decided to start lodging a few things into councils and, and just build a few billboards. So tell us a little bit more about the business. Is it just billboards? So you, do you guys own those leases? Tell us a little bit more about the process and how it works. How does billboard businesses work? A very simple business in big rectangles on the side of roads, but I think there's a few complexities to it in the things that we do. So if we go back to that first kind of drive around region Victoria, when we didn't have a clue what we were doing, we drove around and there's some very strict planning guidelines that have particular zonings needs are what you need to be able to lodge an application. So we knew all that from a planning perspective and drove around and go, oh yeah, that one's the best and basically do your priority list in each town so here's priority one if you can't get the commercial deal done with them hey we'll go to number two and and give that a crack and that's how we started and it's a process of elimination in each town you go to there's a number of factors that you rely upon like road traffic like commercial value of the properties and and what they look like and making sure you're trying to take a little slice of their land that they're not really going to be too attached to when you strike this commercial deal with them So that's kind of the first stage. And then from there, it goes into the planning, which there's a lot of complexities too. I know anyone that deals with councils, obviously got a few stories through there. That's been a few interesting processes that have unfolded through our journey. And then through that, if it comes out the other end and gets an approval, we go on and build the structures and then go about selling them ourselves as well. So The selling side, there's, again, a number of complexities too that we go about a range of different ways from a marketing standpoint, from a cold outreach standpoint. But yeah, there's all little nuances to each stage of that process. So take us back to the early days when you were working full-time. What was the first year of business like? Um, And tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced when you and your brother were still working and started this business. To be honest, it wasn't a full-time job at the start. It wasn't that hard to manage. You know, you'd find time to go and do those road trips and whether it be by leave or on the weekends. And it's from there, a fairly simple process that you can do remotely. So it was more just that back end of going and, and doing the grunt work involved in those planning applications, lodging them. You didn't have anything to sell yet. So it was pretty soon after that. I think it would have been about nine or 12 months after we kind of started the process. When you had your first ones come out, they were built structures. And at that starting point as well, we'd also so done a sweetheart deal, or I'm not sure you'd call it that, with O-Media, who are the biggest billboard company in Australia, where they'd come and sell our sites due to some of those relationships that existed from Luke's past role, my brother. So we thought it would be the side hustle that you'd sit and earn passive income on. Obviously, being young guys, spending a fair bit of money on a couple of billboard structures, it was a lot of money for us. So 
I think we were very attached to earning an income off them and just got a bit sweaty and nervous a couple of months into that process of having a couple of structures in the ground, some monthly rentals coming out and no money coming in the door and just said, hey, like we're going to make a hard decision here. Do we give it a red hot crack or do you give it up now? And and the decision was, hey, let's dip in and, and at least understand it a bit better. So I think we quit our jobs at that stage, drove down to the towns we had sites in and just door knocked to see if we get a deal done to sell some advertising space. And, and that kind of really was just out of necessity. And, and from that, we've really started to understand what local advertising is in regional areas just from those preliminary conversations and you really just had your eyes open to that whole beast that was out there and and just I think like when we first started we might have sat there and gone hey we reckon we could build 20 or 30 billboards there's these gaps in the regional Victorian market that we can fill and then you know that's all we can do and then as soon as we actually understood it more and realized that there was a really strong play in that outdoor space in in regional areas and being that direct to local business just took off from there. One of the things that accountants get asked a lot, and I want to sort of unpack it a little bit with you because you're the right person to answer this, is we have a lot of clients that will dabble into this side hustle. Some of them will just look at it from a, make some side money, but it's more also putting their feet in and just seeing if it will be a legitimate business. But they always struggle or the question becomes, when do they quit their job? At what point do they go all into this business? If someone was to ask you that advice, James, I've got this side hustle. I don't know when the right time is to quit my job and go all in. What would your advice be to that individual's business owner? It's a great question because it's definitely something that I wouldn't have said we got right in that journey. It was out of necessity and doing it. But I really honestly believe you can't do something meaningfully without being fully immersed in it. And that's just my experience. I'm sure other people would have different opinions about that. But for me, that was 100% it is if you're trying to do anything and it's the same with what we try and achieve as a business, you get pulled in a million directions. And as soon as you get pulled in multiple directions, you don't do anything right. So in my opinion, if you're going to do it, you may as well dive in and and as early as possible, be fully immersed in it. And if that means failing or, or not paying yourself for a certain amount of time, I think like that's the decision we made and it's paid off in the long run. That would be my advice based on experience, whether it's right or wrong. Obviously, you tailor your business or your target audience being regional Australia. How much of an impact are you having on the community there with the businesses? Talk us through sort of how you've been embraced by the regional communities in Australia. What I think I've loved the most about operating in regional areas, how great the locals are. So it's so easy if you get it right. And it's the fundamental, simple things like being honest, doing the stuff you say you're going to do. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel with some of the basics there. And from that, it's been amazing. Like I think back to our first road trips when we went out and decided we needed to try and sell these billboards ourselves. I walked into a local Telstra store. They were franchised back then. They're now all owned by head office. And uh, there was a guy that owned a few of them. So he came out the front, this bloke that was trying to fog him a billboard down the road, had a half an hour conversation with me, didn't get a deal done, but... From there, 
he's someone I now catch up with once every 12 months. Anytime I need a single thing in that area, you call him and go, hey, do you know this person, this property owner, this anything? Oh, yeah, just do this. Talk to this person. I think it's only from some of those relationships we've now been able to build that what you've highlighted in that positive reverberation that goes around in these communities. So I think everyone as well, when you look at, we've built a hundred billboards now. And I think when you build one or two, they sit there and go, oh yeah, whatever, just this other person trying to make a couple of bucks. But it's amazing now when you come back to some of those conversations goes, you guys are spending a bit of money. It's not something small. Anywhere they drive, they're seeing not just one, but you know, it could be five or six of our billboards and there's not many other people out there doing it. They go, okay, these guys aren't just walking around trying to do it. It's now meaningful. I think the way we go about the sales as well, like we're very strict on having that local business focus. So the first efforts always go into trying to fill it with local businesses. And it's seen a lot of success in that. And we do a little bit of a plan. You launch a new site, you send the team out to do a pre and post trip and go around these businesses. And I think from that, the engagement in the space just goes through the roof. So previously before we got on the market, it was all national brands and confined to probably a handful of advertisers. So your CBAs, your NABs, your TAC were the pretty standard advertisers you'd drive around and see on basically every billboard. And now it's all the the brands they know and love. So from that, you get that, again, inclination for people to want to understand it more through us, through driving past the sign and seeing their mate's business and the likes every time they go past. Tell us about billboards because we've had so many episodes around marketing and advertising and Google AdWords, digital, internet, that's just huge, right? If you're not online, you're not anywhere, right? You've gone down this traditional path of billboards, which is so not internet. And for those people that they have a marketing budget, they spend a lot of money on advertising, whatever that is but they've never gone down the billboard path because they just don't see the value. How do you, James, articulate the value that you provide and what the value that the small businesses get by advertising on billboards? Yeah, so I think there's definitely perfect mix or or not perfect. I don't think anything's perfect for every business. There's not just one way of doing things. But my advice when I get a call from someone who's in their first couple of years of business and trying to spend their first couple of dollars on marketing is always, hey, digital is probably the road to go down because, yes, you can track how many people you've captured. There's a number of positive factors to the digital world now, and it's really good up to a point. So if you're spending... I don't know, call it 500 bucks or a grand a month, you're probably going to get your best bang for your buck in some of that direct return marketing. But everyone talks about brand as being that strongest point. And that's what billboards do better than any other format. And at some stage along your journey, so if you're a young business, you need to start considering brand at some stage along that journey, which is when billboards should be part of the consideration. And I'm not saying that billboards are the only way of building your brand, but they are the study show awareness and, and some of those brand alignments that come from outdoor advertising are the strongest of any of those mediums. So that's where we really stand out better than any anything else. And those businesses that are more mature and have larger marketing budgets, so they will have that breakdown and spend the money on brands. So when they look to go and divert that into different channels, we definitely have seen 
particularly this year, is outdoors, outperforming everything else by a country mile because basically we view our competitors as being traditional radio advertising, TV advertising, and all those other traditional formats, which are really, really strong regional businesses. But as the years have gone on, they've become more and more cluttered with a number of different ways to consume those mediums through digital platforms. Whereas the one thing that's outperforming that in terms of audience is the amount of cars on the road and the amount of eyeballs we can get you. So that's where we really see out we come to the forefront in being the most effective medium. Let's talk about fixed sort of billboards that, you know, you put up a poster style versus what's been popping up around Victoria and I'm from Melbourne, these electronic style billboards. Tell us what your preferences are or do you do a you know electronic preference if we can obviously the cost would be ridiculous compared to you know your fixed type of poster style talk us through electronic versus the fixed we have about 18 or 19 we had one go out last week so I don't know the total count of digital so we definitely billboard number 12 might have been our first digital so it, it, it's been a real bell curve on going down that route more over the last few years of doing a lot more of that in regional areas as well but they definitely both have their place i think the industry definitely pedals digital billboards are the future and they're really going hard at that route in a number of porting sensors from the big guys you'll see that breakdown of digital revenue versus traditional revenue and then trying to portray digital as being the way for the future. In my opinion, what we feel is it has its place. If you're a business that needs the flexibility for advertising space, so if you need to do specials or you're going to juice that digital space in the way it should be used, so changing your creative to be in line with temperatures or days of the week and the number of cool things you can do, you're always better off investing in that because of flexibility. But the way it's used currently, you drive around and you'll drive past a static billboard and then a digital billboard. They've both got the same ad. It's someone buying a thousand billboards and they're not going down that route of actually using the digital billboard. So it's great for us as a media owner because I can earn 10 times the money back off my space because you're selling it to 10 businesses instead of one. In a lot of circumstances, that's generally the, the revenue breakdown is it's kind of seven or eight times, like juicing that piece of land as much as it can. But from an advertising perspective, the bang for your buck still lies in those static ones. So that's why we've gone down the route of we need both to service all the different industries and, and advertisers that are out there. And it's definitely about knowing what you're trying to achieve and then one format being the better outcome for you. And for customers that reach out to advertise on a billboard, what are the standard terms? Like do you offer one month, three months, six months? Talk us through how it works and how do they buy and how long does it last? Because I would not have a clue how much these things would cost. So talk about term and a little bit about price with our audience. So term, we can go as little as a week. You pay a premium if you want to be a week on a digital billboard. So we typically do do four weeks is our minimum term. And that's kind of a standard rate we have across it. So there's obviously a lot more flexibility in the digitals to cut and choose that a lot more. With a static billboard, you obviously set. So they all change over in a changeover week and go in four-week increments. So you're buying in that set four-week increment of how many weeks you're buying. 
we definitely, she's very unique in, in the billboard industry, offer kind of cheaper long-term deals. So we have different stages to what we offer from a pricing perspective. So if I look at any general regional center, we have some kind of fairly standard pricing to digital billboards, which ends up being about either three grand or 2,400, so 750 a week or 600 a week for a short-term booking, which then comes down to be about 400 or 500 a week for some of those long-term bookings. But there is such a range to billboards and it's always, I think people always have in their head they're worth absolute buckets because you drive around Melbourne and you see all the advertisers on them and they're, they're tier one businesses. In the regions, it couldn't be more polar opposite. Like we have sites that are, as low as 200 bucks a week, you know, in smaller towns. And there's a real mix depending on size, location, and all these types of things. I'm just thinking as a business owner, if I had a, oh, you put my accounting hat on, you know, if I was in Taralgon or somewhere sort of country Victoria, town of 15, 20,000 people, let's say you're the biggest accounting firm or one of the top three or four accounting firms in the region, you got a billboard in town and that says, something about tax returns or financials, geez, you'd make a bit of noise with that and, you know, supporting the local footy club and the cricket club and netball club before you know it, you know, it doesn't take much to create that brand. I can see where the local businesses in regional spaces would see the value in billboards because it just, it's very driven to local community. Do you find that in your advertisers? Regional areas are so unique compared to the city and I always use this stat and I don't know the exact ones off the top of my head, so I'm going to absolutely balls this up, but I'll give it a crack anyway. <laughs> That's all right. But in metro areas, you drive past something like every time you get in the car, you drive past, call it 30 or 40 different ads through billboards, bus shelters and all that sort of stuff. Whereas regionally, it's stuff all like it's somewhere in the kind of seven or eight range in a day of driving. So for us, it is so simple. Like you literally, you're guaranteeing that whole town as an audience because the one key thoroughfare is someone might not drive that every day. But if you're doing a four-week campaign, I can basically hand on my heart tell you every single person in that town is going to see that ad unless they're overseas or doing something weird. So it is a very unique proposition. And yeah, I think to be honest, it's been a bit of a battle to, as I've highlighted, there's been that really, really strong local traditional media outlets through your radio stations, your print channels and TV that we're slowly inching into and being able to crack that nut of people really understanding what that proposition is now. And it, yeah, it, it is so strong. Now we talk about grabbing attention as the as a bit of a leading word in marketing, advertising, you know, it's, it's so saturated. Grabbing people's attention is is so difficult. We've had Sabri Subi and many, many marketing specialists on our podcast. Tell us a story or a company that you've worked with where they've put up a billboard because you see some really cool stuff in the US. What is the most creative grabbing attention billboard that you've seen on one of your boards that you're like, geez, these guys, not only did they buy from us, they really put some effort and did something creative to grab that attention. Do you have a story you could share with us? There's probably more creative examples, but the one I love the most is one of mine is a furniture company out of Wangaratta. So 
they are a business, it's a family operated business that used to just operate out of Wangaratta and sell, they'd all go there, but it had a ceiling. The two brothers who were the next generation came in and said, no, let's give online a crack and deliver everywhere. So part of that journey with them was they were going, hey, how do we get the message out that we deliver bloody everywhere for 59 bucks? So the whole strategy there was, well, we're not going to do it with one billboard. We're going to go to the tiny towns. We're going to buy, it was eight to 10 billboards where if you drive down a road, so say you're driving from Melbourne to Mildura, you'd see four of their ads, each an hour and a half apart, spruiking 59 buck delivery. And through that, you get to the end and go, where don't these guys deliver 59 bucks? And that was the whole message and what they were trying to achieve through the campaign. And it's been absolutely awesome for them. Like some of the stories we get out of the results of that are just incredible. James, as a business owner, we go through our own challenges and struggles. And, you know, your early stages would have been no different to you. You would have had some little obstacles to get through. Can you share a story where, you know, you've gone through a process and it didn't go to plan, but you just got there in the end and made it work? So it's a great lead into what is one of probably my favorite stories. I think like we've been really, really lucky and there's an, a number of things when it comes to business that it's it's my honest belief that luck plays a lot, lot into it. Yes, hard work is another big factor, but you do need that element of luck to sometimes get through. And one of those stories that in my head stands out along that was we had this billboard down in Torquay. So Torquay, Surf City, it's a surf capital of Australia, definitely Victoria, maybe Australia. And we went down there. We really wanted a billboard down there. And our local property owner owns one of the strong local surf businesses down there. So we'd approached him and said, hey, you've got this sign on your wall. It's got a really cool ad of a surfer. Can we think about digitizing that? This was our second digital billboard. So again, very young business outlay of capital in digitals is massive at the stage we are. So he agreed to it. We lodged it through council and got it snuck it under the door under his name. So didn't took our logos off it and all the other things and, and got it through and got the rubber stamp from council, but had this very stringent permit condition that said, hey, this has got to be surf related content because we're in surf city. Like it's, this is everything around there is surf related. So anyway, we had to start paying rent pretty soon after getting that permit. Sat there going, Hey, like we need to just build, build this thing so we can start making some money because we're paying rent. So order our screen from China, start the process on the build and concurrently lodge it with VCAT to go, okay, can we potentially go to VCAT, which is the planning appeals, get that condition overturned and play whatever the hell we want on it? And it was a bit of a 50-50 case like anything in VCAT is. As that is playing out, I'm sitting there with the Taladex out, ringing everybody surf company you've ever <laughs> heard of. And I reckon I had a list of 100. I reckon I got through to 10 of them and maybe got close to one or two deals, but got a lot of flat no's. So this was in the lead up. I think COVID was just hitting as we built that thing. We got it up. We literally went to council and go, okay, if we're going to apply this surf-related content, what can we play? Can I put your local real estate agent or accountant up there with a surf background and their branding? So, you know, we're kind of abiding by that. We're working with you. And council just came back and said a flat no. Like it's got to be 
surf brands or nothing. So we sat there, had this sign built, which we put up and advertise here, like kind of add on there, but it was like a surf theme and it wasn't really anything to do with what we're really about. And so after, I think it would have been probably four weeks, we got to VCAT, got a decision on the day that it was all good to go. You can play whatever you want on there. It's ended up being like one of our best performing sites. Like Torquay is an amazing market over summer. It's absolutely cracking. You have every grog brand you ever thought of want to be in the guts of Torquay with all these punters down there. And it is one of those things that like, it could have been something that we'd invested all that money on. We had a 30-year lease in place where we could have still been paying that out and just making no money off because no surf brands wanted to buy it. You obviously provide a service to business owners to advertise on a billboard. But as a business owner, you need to go and get sites. Sometimes they're on land that the council own on big poles, on highways, and sometimes it's on property owners' as building. What are some of the things you look for and how does it work with the property owner? So we've also got clients and listeners that own properties. How do they know if their building is good for potentially a billboard where they can derive some additional income? Take us through, you know, the life for the property owners and and for those listeners that have properties, maybe you might get some property owners reaching out, James. It's funny, out in line rings flat chat with every other nuffy who thinks he's got the best property in the world for a billboard. So I'd like to dispel a few rumors while I can and potentially avoid some of those conversations. But basically for us, it's commercial or industrial areas. So that the zoning part, that's where it comes to. We very much find it's only on properties where that slice of land isn't going to impact visibility. So if you're a car dealership or something, we're never going to get a commercial deal done because they have cars in every inch of the property that are displaying out to the road traffic. So it's very much just those commercial or industrial properties where there is a line of sight to a slice of that land where it does stack up for us to come in. It's not going to impact that business that's operating off the site and go and build something and and have that going. So there's not really a direct science to it. I think at the start, we thought there was a direct science to it in the amount of cars going past or anything like that. But really is we we have a look at anything that ticks that box of commercial industrial zoning and, and some sort of visibility from the road and then work back from there. And it's a pretty small pool of people to lease your land when it comes to billboards. And I think that's probably where we're pretty unique in I'll get calls from people in Melbourne, not anything to do with our business. Like, oh, hey, we're trying to get a billboard on our property. And I go, oh, yeah, I called O-Media, JC to Co, QMS. And the person on reception there, they've been like, oh, yeah, I didn't get anywhere. No one really wanted to talk to me. And I'll sit there and within two minutes go, hey, mate, your property's zoned right or your property's zoned wrong. Yeah, look, it's a pretty good site. It's worth a crack. But, hey, here's the three guys in Melbourne that might do it. And I really like that. I love taking the inbound line and taking people through a journey and, and being part of that. And if you've got a building, can you just do it yourself? Let's say you've got a cool building. Can you go, geez, I'll go put up a little billboard on the roof there and try to lease it out myself. Do people do that? It does happen a lot. And I love it. Like, go give it a crack because it's bloody hard work. And that's what you see in every single time. So probably one in every three towns, someone's done that, gone, oh, like, oh, yeah, why don't I do this? Why don't I sell it? And after a year, they've gone, this is so much work. Why did I bother? And I think what we provide is, hey, you're going to get guaranteed rent out of us every year for that space. 
we take on the risk of, of selling it. We reckon we're bloody good at selling it and we work bloody hard to sell them. So if you want to try and do that yourself, give it a crack and, and maybe call us when you're having a few troubles with it and we might take it over. My last question, you've obviously seen some successes and successful businesses get really good returns. And this might be a difficult question to answer, but are there any specific businesses or industries that you've been, because you've worked with so many businesses, you're like, geez, every time we get a, you know, shoe retailer, they kill it. Or every time we get a, you know, a telco, they kill it. Is there a particular industry or a business segment that just does so well on billboards? I wish I could, but honestly, when you look at our revenue, we have the most wide array of industries. Like we look at that data and go, I think like our biggest industry might be like, 6% of revenue or something stupid like that. Like it's just so many little drops in the ocean that there's no specific industry. It really comes back to that brand stuff I'm talking about. So I think definitely a size of business is an influence. So I think those businesses that are kind of getting up to medium way through small business into the medium space and large business, like definitely the smaller stuff isn't as relevant to us, given the brand side isn't as much what they're thinking about when they're just trying to make a few bucks and keep the lights going and keep the little business going. So that's more where I would relate that to. James, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. I was Fascinating to hear your insights and experiences. Billboards is not something that comes around that often. So I want to thank you for sharing your expertise and your time with our listeners today. Thanks, Van. I've had an absolute reply. And anytime you get to sit and have a bit of fun is always an enjoyment for me. Thanks, James. This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952, and we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing, and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspencer.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna, and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's The Bottom Line.